Welcome back to Cradle of the World, the Dungeons & Dragons 3.5 campaign by Death Watch Productions. We'll pick back up with our heroes. Uh, Casimir had, uh, went by himself to the west of Cradle and found a campfire with a mysterious figure seated at it. And that figure had beckoned him to sit, and then he had a series of visions of a stairwell leading down from a door set into a nearby boulder. And his vision showed a chamber deep below where figures were seated and frozen in time, almost but not quite like they were turned to stone. His vision also included extreme agony and the spell book that gets heavier the longer it's read. Uh, Graham uh, walked out on the water to the point in the ocean where the floor drops away into a deep canyon and stepped off, sinking down into the abyss, going to rescue his uh, mother, father, and sister. Fenrith, working with Nazus to set up the defense of Cradle, uh, because they're certain that it will be attacked by these human invaders. And Rohan, uh, out in the forest, came across a farm where... It was clear to him that the inhabitants had been taken against their will into into the forest, and so he set off to follow them. And so that's where we are right now, so that's where we'll pick up. But first, we'll introduce our heroes, starting with Chris. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm playing Casimir, and uh, I'm ready to get started. I'm Travis. I'm playing Graham, the hero of the sea, and... Life under the sea is better than anything they got up there. <laughs> I'm Justin. I'm playing Rohan, the hero of the sky, and I'm looking forward to uh, some woodland combat. I'm John, playing Fenrith, hero of the flame, and I'm just hoping that the town doesn't get destroyed before the others get back. Okay. All right, so let's start out with uh, Rohan. You had seen these okay. tracks, um, and they were leading to the, well, northwest. And so you set off to follow them. It is nighttime, and okay. the tree cover, the canopy is very thick in these trees, so it's very low light conditions. Okay. But, uh, you know, because of your low light vision, you and what little moonlight and starlight gets through, you are able to see well enough. So um, let's go ahead and have you do a survival check. Okay. There we go. Okay. So um, that allows you to, that allows you to easily see these tracks. Um, in fact, with the roll that you got, um, you can you can do that at your, you don't even have to go slow to do that. Basically, nice. um, basically you can just follow these tracks on the run. Good. Um, yeah. So, um, you're running off along following these tracks and from, from the farm, you know, some of the, Prisoners have been putting up a fight, but um, you can tell by the tracks now, 
after you go about two miles that the they're not putting up a fight anymore. But based on their their odd jerky gait um, and the marks that show where they've stumbled, they are being pulled along um, still against their will, but they're not actively trying to get away anymore. But that, yeah. So even a, even at a, it's up to you. You can move at your normal speed, and with your check, you'd be able to see them. You could also move twice your normal speed with a minus twenty on your check. Um, no, I'll move at normal speed. Um, as I'm moving along, does it seem like I'm starting to catch up to him? Like, does uh, it yeah. seem like the tracks? Okay. Yeah, it does. Um, they're they're obviously not able to move very fast, you know, with these prisoners. So yeah, definitely seems like you're starting to catch up with them. Okay. Yeah, I'll keep pushing forward at full my full normal speed, making sure I don't lose him. Okay. Um, all right. So you'll push on a little bit further, and then uh, Graham, you sink down into the abyss, uh, and as you go. Um, you can feel the oppressive weight of the water all around you, but it doesn't have a negative effect on you, you know, like it would somebody who doesn't have the, the magic that you possess. And, uh, it's kind of odd being able to breathe underwater at first, but you quickly get used to it. And as where you had stepped off, that's pretty much at the tip of where this canyon starts and it widens out as it goes further to the south but um, where you are the the walls of this canyon are about 20 feet to either side of you and uh, as you go down it gets darker and darker and pretty soon you're, you're not seeing things as uh, as you normally would now you're picking up where you're picking up information from different methods, blood tooth vision, but also it seems to you like you sort of have a, a, a connection with the water itself. And so that allows you sort of like a, I guess, sort of like a sonar sense down here underwater so that um, with your normal eyes, it would just be, you know, a black void. But now you're, you're able to see the, the sea life, even the distinctions of the whatever those things are called, like barnacles or whatever on the, on the canyon wall. You can even see those as you go down. Um, and the one thing you can't do is pick up any sort of tracks or have any idea where these people would be at down here. But um, we'll say you go down about, it's probably been about 200 feet below the surface. And it's at this point that, Looking down below you, you get no sense whatsoever that there's a bottom anywhere, but um, you do get a sense that there's a bottom up ahead of you to the south. And so there's like a shelf up ahead. Uh, up to the south? Okay. Well, I'll... Um, just like a break? Uh, I was just wondering if I was still in the act of, of sinking. Yeah. Uh, I was... Uh, okay, so I... Like right below me, I have no sense of the sea floor, but I see a shelf off to this, the south. Right. Uh, did I get that right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I'll, I'll swim over to the, um, the shelf, I suppose, and settle on the sea floor there and take in my surroundings. Okay. So, um, 
you swim over there and you settle on the ground and there's, uh, you can still see the canyon walls to either side of you, but coming south, it widens out. So now they're further away than they were. And then, uh, looking further to the south, you see, uh, that whatever this, the shelf is, it ends about, uh, a hundred feet ahead. But, um, in the center of it, you do see something odd that, uh, it takes a while for your mind to wrap around what it might be. But, um, as you, as you look at it, at first you, you think you're seeing like a building perhaps, but the more you look at it, the more you realize that, that this is, uh, you know, a, a craft meant for traveling under the water, sort of tubular in shape. And, uh, it, it, it's like stuck on, uh, on and between large boulders. And, uh, there are a few points on it that you can see have been broken open from its crash. Um, from your vantage point, the nearest one that you can see on the underside of it, it seems that some magic is keeping the water out because you can see the empty space there, but um, the water's not getting into it. Okay. So, uh, as best as I can manage to, I will stealth my way towards this craft, keeping an eye out for any occupants. Am I muted again? No, I heard you. Okay. So, um, as you approach this thing, and more of it becomes visible in out of the darkness of the ocean. You can see that it's absolutely massive um, and really, really long. It's just difficult for you to imagine that people could build such a thing. It's so large. But um, you do find, you know, the closest opening is on the very underbelly of it, close to the what you imagine is the rear of it. Um, and all along this, the outer hull, you can see, uh, gouges and scrapes, uh, evidence that it was, that it took a lot of damage before it came to rest here. But this opening that you see, um, like there's no, there's no light, but, um, but it definitely is an opening into the inside of it. And so far you don't see any other creatures you can sort of feel the sea life around you you can spot that sort of thing like fish swimming about but you don't see anything sentient to worry about okay i will swim up to this magical barrier that's keeping the water at bay and see if it will allow me to pass okay so you reach this um jagged opening where you can tell now that it's um thick metal of some sort and it's been punctured and so it's very rough and, and jagged and definitely large enough for you to fit inside although from out here you can't determine what's in there in that inside there but as you push your hand forward uh, you, you are able to pass through like whatever the magical effect is it, it's only keeping the water out okay uh what do i see when i when i get in there um, so as you get in, um, it's difficult to determine what exactly you're looking at, um, 
besides a smooth the, tunnel. Okay. Uh, you know, large enough to crawl through, but not stand up in. And this now, is near I, the rear of the vessel. Right. So I was going to say I'll pick the direction of the tunnel that would lead uh, towards the rest of the, the watercraft or, or whatever it may be. And um, so you said it's difficult to know what I'm looking at because it's such a strange construction. Yeah. So, so n- nothing means anything. Right. So it looks to you like this is a, um, a tunnel that uh, and this craft is made of metal, but all along this tunnel are it's not it's not smooth. So there are lines of um, cables uh, going the length of this tunnel. And every uh, once you get inside there, when you're out of the ocean and you're inside there, you can spot very dim red, lights at even intervals along this tunnel and those come from the nearest one to you it just looks like the cables or the you know whatever that is is broken by a red uh, crystal and then the cable continues past that and crystals are given off a very very faint red glow so um like i said only room enough to crawl not stand yeah and it this tunnel stretches as far as you can see up ahead well that's how i know i'm going in the right direction if i'm crawling yeah so the crystals apart from the different color do they look similar to like the blue ones that were that we found and that were inside the uh automatons yeah okay all right well i will continue crawling as cautiously as I can, careful to make no noise. All right. So that's the other thing I should say. Um, once you've gotten in here, uh, there is a, a persistent hum coming from all around. Um, easy enough to let it fade into the background, but it 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 remains. It's like your the cramp quarters and the fact that there's no other sounds to contend with it, it's difficult for you to gauge its actual volume, but uh, you do hear that. It definitely is giving off like a, there is, you do feel a rumble of it in your chest. Mm, okay. And Graham would have nothing to compare that to in his experience. Um, but might I think of like maybe being close to, I don't know, like a, one of those power junctions or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would be <laughs> close to that. So I wonder if the knowledge of electricity is what imbues that feeling with a sense of unease or if just that feeling does it. What do you think? Just so I can well, role play Graham crawling through a tunnel. I mean, you wouldn't get the um you wouldn't get the sense of electricity necessarily, but definitely like Power. The sound, at least, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will take some caution not to, if I can, touch these exposed red crystals as I traverse through the tunnel. Okay. Yeah, it's easy not to touch them because they're like they're set into the the wall. Yeah. So it's not it's not something you'd be in danger of touching unless you did it on purpose. But all right, so you continue along crawling through this tunnel. And then, Casimir, you uh, 
you had found that door and you opened it and you went inside where you saw the stairwell heading down and then uh, the door closed behind you and echoed through the darkness and then you're left alone there in the silence after the echo dissipates on this um, stairwell heading down into the earth yeah and so as you're standing there and the echo finally fades away you hear meow (laughs) and then you can feel omen down your feet yeah i'll uh (laughs) how did you get here is uh i guess what i'll say uh to her give her a scratch behind the ears and uh well i hope you're ready for whatever we find down here omen and then i'll start walking down those stairs probably making more noise than the dang door (laughs) okay so as you walk down the stairs you uh you, you start to get, you, you, it feels to you sort of like you might be just letting yourself daydream, but, but it, there's a little more to it than that. And you start to get, uh, flashes of, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the past, uh, maybe the recent past, or, you know, it's up to you, f- flight, a flight of fancy, but you do see, um, image of a group of humans and goblins and, uh, y- you can see them arguing. And one of them dressed in the, the, the clothing in the uniform of the mages that you guys faced, um, insisting that there's, uh, power down here. And, 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 and what he says is it, it's enough to fuel the crystals. And then, uh, finally, um, one of them pulls rank and says, we're going down here. And so in your mind, that image flashes of, you know it's you, this area, although it's not the same door that you came in. Okay. But you get that flash in your head. And it has an odd feel to it as well, like black and white, you know, faded out. Um, and it's it, at present, you're not sure what to make of that um, that effect. Hmm. Yeah. Um, nothing much I can do about it. I'll just continue down the stairs probably until I hit something new or get tired. Okay. All right. So down and down you go. And, uh, this, the pattern of this staircase going down seems to be, uh, 100 steps, a 90 degree turn, 100 steps, a 90 degree turn the other way. And, uh, it seems to follow that. It becomes very difficult, like even to keep count of the steps because it's so boring and there's nothing to draw your attention there's no sights to see there's no terrain but uh so it's almost like a surprise to you when the steps finally come to a landing and then you're facing a a smooth stone wall that Uh rises up as far as you can tell all the way up to where you started and (laughs) in this in this wall there is set a a rune and it's like the size of you, pretty much, this rune. But it's a single rune, although it's very intricate. Oh, man. Am I going to get exploded? Uh, yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, I guess decipher script on it first? Maybe go up and touch it? Yeah. Which one you want? Decipher script? Yeah, or? do your decipher script. All right. Yeah. Close. That's the wrong one. Uh, there we go. 
Uh, okay. So this is, um, so you've actually got some good experience deciphering or with dwarven runes because you guys have encountered a bunch of them and, you know, even gotten some, some reading on those to help understand what they are. This is entirely different. Well, I shouldn't say entirely. There are some similarities, but as you, you're not able to deduce what it says, but it's clear okay. as you look at it that this was not done by a dwarven hand. This, All right. uh, this looks much more elven. Uh, I guess oh, right. next, do a, uh, do oh. a, put a search in the tower. Uh, oh, nice. Um, so yeah, you can tell as you're looking at it though, you can't read what this rune says. You can definitely tell that there's a door here. Just the faintest outline of it you can detect as you're looking at it. All right. Uh, I don't think I have a means to open it right now, so I might have to rest the day. I I do have knock prepared. Uh, let's see. Do I need to know where the door is or will it just open it? Open, open secret doors as well as locked doors or tricking open all right, so uh, I think I can do it. Okay. So I'll hopefully cast knock here. Oh, is there no somatic? Nice, just verbal. Oh, yeah, so I speak friend. <laughs> All right, Dang. so yeah, you cast that spell, and you can see that rune flare, and that outline that was faint becomes much more distinct. The stone door swings open inward. And then as you look through that door... You can see, like the first room anyway, that you can see is like a a once beautiful but now fallen into disrepair um, room. Mm. Yeah, I'll head on in. All right, so as you step across that threshold, um, do a will save. Chain lightning? <laughs> Did you say will save? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's almost an eight. <laughs> okay, let me get that up here. So as you step through that threshold, you see, um, well, you feel some odd sensation. And then it seems to you like some some energy rushes towards you. And, and as it approaches, everything it passes gets sort of a washed out, faded look to it. And as that washes over you, you get the sense somehow that time operates differently here mm. and let me put you on here and show you what this room is that you're seeing here and fix this room sorry about that this being stubborn. Nah, it's okay. Oh, worse comes to worse. If you uh, you want, while it's trying to figure that out, you can go on to one of the other guys. All right. Let's see. So you should be seeing it now. Mm-hmm. I don't have any vision though. Um. Oh, right. So you've got permanent dark vision, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see it now. Okay. All right. So. What you're seeing, um, as you step through, you know, um, you're looking at like the entrance to a once beautiful temple and you can get these little flashes of what it looked like when it was built. Like now ahead of you, you see a, 
a pillar that's fallen and crumbled and broken and um the the stone floor as well is uh chipped and broken in places but you get a flash of what it looked like originally and it's it's beauty and uh that's just for a brief moment and then you're back looking at it again so up ahead you can see uh a door and then a hallway you know leading off to either side and uh mm. you hear nothing but the sound of your own movements all right well, i guess i'll start moving further in all right <clears throat> so you start moving further in and then we'll go back to uh fenrith so fenrith you are uh, working with Nazus to get the defense of the village set up. And uh, so that's what's going on for you. Nazus has dispatched the, the militia and, you know, they're going about and telling people we need to get some patrols set up here and here. And, you know, this has been going on for a while. And you've been in the village green talking with the mayor, telling her what to expect and basically that everybody is going to have to take up arms if if what you feel is going to happen actually does happen but uh so you're talking with the mayor and the council they'll come by and they'll want to hear what's going on and then Nizus eventually comes back after about an hour and uh to report to you and he says that um there's just too many ways that they can come from the best that we're going to be able to do is, you know, you and I are going to have to react to wherever there are any incursions, and that should give the militia long enough. Uh, we should be able to hopefully hold them long enough for the the militia and the villagers to show up. Yeah, I think that that's going to be the most likely case. Um, I believe last time I had... I'd made mention that uh, we should we should create a defensible uh, position that everybody, well, almost everybody can get to quickly, um, rather than trying to surround the whole town as well. So um, I think that's uh, something that uh, they'll tell the mayor that you know really any any uh, able-bodied that aren't already being uh, put through the militia training um, should start digging some you know, earthen uh, earthen walls basically um, and then we have that prisoner as well but uh, I, I'll need to I'll need to rest before I question the prisoner okay as and I can I can uh, protect the town against people teleporting in at least in the morning. Yeah, so it is a little bit after midnight now. So, yeah. So, um, you know, the word's been going out and people have been gathering up what weapons that they have and going to get more and uh, to get their assignments. So are you going to go back to the Home of the Heroes to sleep? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell them to yeah, send somebody if uh, send somebody if something more happens. Okay. But in order to be to be able to effectively protect the town and, and try and get information from that prisoner tomorrow because I'm going to have to get some rest and uh, and pray. All right, so you're heading back. And uh, so for you, 
that takes you back up the path that you came down to get to the green on back through the middle of the village and so there's a lot of activity going on there still i mean even though it's late there's lanterns lit and people are uh, filing through and you know members of the militia are handing out spears and swords and whatnot um, and then you move along and you're um, going along that path that leads to the home of the heroes <coughs> and do a listen check okay um <clears throat> So yeah, you, uh, walk along through that path and, uh, you make it to the home of the heroes. All the lights are out. Full one is apparently not at home. Perhaps he's helping get things ready, but, uh, or back in the village. But yeah, you walk into the house and you can go ahead and get your rest for the night. Okay. All right, Rohan. Um, as you continue traveling through the forest following these tracks, uh, the trees get thicker and thicker, uh, and eventually you're relegated, and so were the people you're following, to a small game trail. It's just wide enough for a person to walk along. And uh, you move along through, and it's about two in the morning. And uh, finally, you can you reach a point where even with the thickness of the trees, you can see the unmistakable glow up ahead of light. Okay. And so, um, and even you can hear. You know the soft rumble of voices from up ahead. Okay, now that I've I'm kind of located where they are, I'll I'll go off trail and try and sneak up close uh, using the underbrush as as cover. Okay, this isn't magical growth, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, roll your sneak and your your move silently. All right, move silently and hide. Okay. All right. So yeah. Um, you go off the trail into the thick trees and undergrowth and with your practice grace, you sneak up ahead towards the source of the light and the sound. And finally you reach a point where you, um, you can see a small clearing, um, where these prisoners have been taken. And so you can see that they're all in a row and their hands are bound and they've got, uh, you know, they're gagged and they're all sitting down in a row. Uh, on the ground, and then uh, you can see the their captors, humans and goblins, um, sort of in a ring in this clearing, and in the center of it, um, this human is speaking with another human, and this this one's like got nicer stuff, nicer uniform, um, more ranks of insignia on it on his collar. And uh, they're having a conversation. So what you hear as you get close enough is the first one saying, um, or the 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 first the one that leads this band that kidnapped these people, addressing that one with the nicer equipment as uh, captain. And then and then the captain says, uh, "Very well, well done. The main encampment is," and he uh, points further to the northwest. He says, that's, we're getting that set up now. So we'll meet up with them. And, um, then they have some more conversation. Basically, uh, the, um, the captain says that some things you do not, you don't quite understand, but he's saying things like the stasis boxes weren't damaged. And so we've been able to draw some out, but we don't have enough crystals crystals we have don't have enough power so we'll need all these elves we can get and then that other one 
the subordinate is dressed like a, like that sharpshooter that you guys saw earlier. He says, well, my Lord, these are elves. They're not said to have souls. And the captain gives sort of a smile and he says, very true, but enough of the vestiges of it that, uh, we can draw some, some power from it. And, uh, then they talk about the boxes some more and you're not sure what that is, but, um, the, the captain does say with some disgust that mostly so far we've just been able to get the goblins out. Okay. The, uh, the conversation goes on a little bit more and the, uh, the subordinate, he says, um, that, or the captain says, we also had another scouting party, um, uh, wiped out. One of them escaped and brought back word. There seems to be some odd creatures in this, in these lands. If he's to be believed, he says that his squad was wiped out by a, a giant half man, half bull, and they had a law enforcer with them. And it, he said it was destroyed when Bull gored it with his horns. Oh, Zeus. The subordinates, like, um, you know, you can tell by his expression that he finds that difficult to believe. But he thinks for a bit and he says some of the, uh, some of the other men have been talking and they've reported that there's something odd about the forest in general. Trees just seem to appear. And, uh, I took it as, just the rigors of our situation at first, but maybe there's something to what they say. The land is populated by elves. Who knows what, what foul evil could infect the place. Anyway, that, that that's the basics of the conversation that you hear. And, um, you know, a few minutes after that, as you watch, um, you know, the captain orders departure and then they start rousing the prisoners to their feet. Okay. <clears throat> And so you can hear the captain say, the main camp is this way. We should reach there in a couple hours. Okay. Um, I'm going to start heading out in the direction that they're about to head and okay. get ahead of them. Okay. And once I'm far enough away, I'm going to try and cause the path to become non-traversable. Um, let's see what do I have at my disposal. Um, I suppose I'll, I'll keep an eye out for anywhere where I might be able to like push a tree or something like that. Um, or cause a tree to fall over the, over the path, okay. just something that would slow them down. All right. So put, um, uh, hide, move silently, spot and listen and survival into the tower. For me. Okay. Hide, move silently, spot. Listen and survival. All right. Let's see. Okay. All right. So you, uh, you get, you, you take a wide circle around these, uh, this group while they're getting ready to go and you set off ahead of them looking for methods that you can use to sabotage them. Yeah. And then, uh, we'll switch to Graham. Okay. Graham. So you're crawling along this tunnel and you reach a point, uh, where, um, you know, the top of it looks a little different from the rest. And so as you stop and focus on it, you realize that it's like a, a door, but it's got a, uh, like a wheel set into it that you would turn in order to open it. Right. Um, hmm. 
guess I could try it. I haven't uh, had the opportunity to use it yet, so I'll bust out. I have this new piece of equipment, you know, a listening cone that I can set to doors, and it gives me a bonus to any checks to hear stuff beyond it. Oh, okay. So I, I will, uh, let me just ensure I actually brought it with me. <laughs> actually, you know what? I had to, I had to get rid of it. It was too heavy. It weighs a pound. So never mind. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'll realize that the construction is probably too heavy for me to, to do that without some help. So I'll just as quietly as I can start spinning that wheel to open the door. Okay. So this wheel turns, uh, much more easily than you expected. Uh, almost once you get started, it almost seems to spin on its own. And so um, it doesn't make any appreciable noise as far as you can tell. And when it reaches its end, um, you, you you can hear a faint click. And, then, and I just uh, pull on it. Yeah. Well, you'd push up, yeah. Push up, yeah. So as you push that up, um, you can see at first uh, a ceiling and then a wall. And then as you uh, move your head further up, you can see that um, there's like a massive jumble of wires on the floor and there's like an odd glow. Uh, this one's blue that permeates the room and uh, you can hear that hum and it's, it's a little bit louder now. Is there a source of where the glow's coming from or? No, it seems to just be in, be in the room. Like from where you are, you can't, you can't tell. Is that the same case with this humming? Is it still just seem like it's coming from everywhere? Yeah. Okay. Well, I will push the rest of the way into the room. Careful not to get snagged up in wires. All right. All right. So you uh, push your way up into the room, you know, um, and then you I'll put you in here. Can I see the limits of the room? Is it pretty yeah. small? Yeah. Yeah. I'll show you in a second. Okay. There you are. So now you're up in this room and, you know, there's these, this massive jumble of like cables piled up. And so you can't see around them, but you can see that the, uh, that glow is coming from, you know, the northern part of the room. And there's this large table that you can see the edge of that, um, seems to be the source of that glow. And from where you are, you can see a person standing at that table doing something this is um it's a human from what you can tell and it it just seems to be um he, he has like a a dagger but no other weapons that you can tell i'll put him on here in a second all right so you can see that human up there working <laughs> at that table looks like a happy guy <laughs> Well, you can't see his face from here, and he is talking to somebody, but you can't see. Yeah, so I'll start creeping along that uh, east wall north around the cables or maybe over them if I have to. Is that how it looks? Yeah, it looks you could you could get around them along that bottom wall there. Yeah, so okay, yeah, I guess I'll go that way and um, see if I can find out who he's talking to and uh, hear what they're saying have to divine whether it's okay to murder them or not right away. Okay. So, yeah, I guess I'll go this way. I'll keep the cover if possible. 
All right. So you move along there and then, um, the rest of the room comes into view. So the, he's talking to another one who's working at a different table, um, that's also emanating this glow. And as you look at that table, basically they've got, um, the, like in this case, blue crystals with, uh, and somehow with the different dials and gears that they're constantly moving, they're changing the glow of the crystals and they seem to be talking about st- getting it stabilized. And then the, the other one that the younger of the two is talking about how, uh, you know, they've been going at this for 12 hours straight and they need a break. And the older one tells them to quit whining and don't, you know, don't ever think that the captain won't, won't hear you just because we're all the way down here. And I don't see any other exits out of this room. Yeah, you do see a door um, on the uh, in between their two tables on the north wall. Okay. Hmm. What? I suppose this guy's self has a verbal component. Take a look. Yes. Well, let's do it this way. I will get a good look at uh, these two sailors to, you know, kind of get the details necessary to make my disguise with a scroll I have. And then I'll retreat out of this room a ways to where I can safely cast it without alerting them so I can appear as as uh, one of them. I guess specifically I'm maybe looking for something. Are they dressed in uniform? Yeah. I mean, they're wearing the same clothes. Yeah. Is there? Is it outside of Graham's wheelhouse to, like, understand rank? You know? I don't know. No. Uh, well, then I would like to try to understand if there is something on their uniforms that signifies what their rank is. Yeah, in their case, no. Nothing that you can tell. I mean, they're basically got, like, uh, overalls and an undershirt and some boots. Okay. I mean, the only thing that could possibly qualify as a, you know, uniform would be maybe the hats they're wearing. It's like a tight-fitting cap they have. They don't have any markings on them. And I gather that they are trying to repair something, at least from that stabilized crystal talk. Does their conversation move on at all from, from that to maybe what had happened or do uh, they no. just... Okay. No, like from what you heard, then uh, the conversation goes back to, you know, one of them will say, I'm doing this. And the other will say, okay, I've, I'm doing this. And they seem to be working together, at whatever they're doing. Okay. All right. So if nothing, you know, after like a minute of listening, I'll, I'll head back down that hatch and get some distance between myself and them so I can safely use the scroll of disguise self. Okay. All right. So you study them a bit and you go back down the hatch and then Casimir. So you move forward. Yeah. And uh, put you there. There you go. You can so see. So was it? We look. Oh, sorry. You can see doors, you know, to either side and then a larger door in front of you. All right. Um, uh, not that Casimir would ever admit to any of this. He'll try to imitate Graham. And do a listen check, <laughs> just seeing <laughs> if there's any sounds, <laughs> possible signs of life. Just make your your jaw slack uh, at the <laughs> same time. Cross one eye. <laughs> that way you're making fun of me. You're not imitating me. So. <laughs> uh, 
Well, with my rolls, it probably will be <laughs> making a mockery. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, you pause to listen, but you don't hear anything. All right. Uh, guess we'll go the right way first. So we'll head north up to that one door. That's that's what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, didn't mean to do that. And then I'll see if I can open it. Yeah, it opens. Yay. So you find yourself looking down um, a short hallway that then turns to the left. All right. And I'll now, move up to the corner. And Oh, sorry. Yeah, so you step through and get up to that corner. And as you do, uh, once again, you get that flash of what this place used to look like. And the the floors and the walls were once beautiful, but now they're old and chipped. But you turn, you get up to that corner and you look down, you see a, you know, another long hallway. But okay. on the walls now, you're uh, in this hallway, you see um, pictographs that, uh, you know, they're a bit faded and chipped here, but you can still see um, the basic idea of what, what they represented. Uh, in this case, um, the ones you're seeing show like a, a meeting of very important people. They have an elven appearance, but just, you know, beautiful and handsome beyond, you know, the, your ability to comprehend. And uh, so this particular scene is showing them all uh, meeting together. Uh, and apparently it's a joyous occasion. Hmm. <laughs> I'll ask Omen if she has any idea on it. <laughs> so, um, she's not, she doesn't pay you any attention. Well, Oddly she enough, she way. is like following you and not branching yeah. out on her own. But, you know, now that you've stopped to look down that corner, she, uh, you know, just goes to grooming herself. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you do hear hmm. some sounds up ahead, like a scraping, um, uh, some voices maybe coming from somewhere down that that direction hmm all right we'll start moving forward cautiously <laughs> all right so when you reach this point um you can tell that the voice the sounds you're hearing are coming from that hallway up to the or from the up to the left of you there's an opening and the voice the sounds you're hearing are coming from that direction. okay yeah i'll make my way that way <laughs> what is it is it there? Is that where it is, or is it? No. So it'd be right here. Okay. There's a door. All right. Or huh. not a door, but like a, a doorway. But yeah, that's where you're hearing it. So um, you get to that point. You can look around that corner, um, and you can see a, a a small room in there. But there's a a couple of goblins in that room. And uh, let's see. These are the goblins that you've seen recently, these ones, you know, with the red coats and the muskets or whatever. And uh, they're standing in that room talking to each other. Make see. Them visible for you. So be there. So you can see them there. Okay. Yeah. Um, what exactly are they talking about? Um, well, they're, they're looking at each other and not paying attention much to their surroundings, but they're talking about how they don't like the way this the feeling this place gives them mm. it feels very wrong for them to be here very spooky and then the other one's talking about how it seems like they always get put on these uh like watch duties and he's upset that nothing ever nothing exciting ever happens when he's on watch is there uh, are is it just a room do i see any doors from where i'm at or 
I mean, you can see that there's a way to go to the on the left wall of that room. Okay. Hmm. One's got like he he's like standing in that opening with his back to it. I might just walk right past him and go to here and look down the hallway. <laughs> All right, are you gonna attempt to be stealthy about it? Hmm. Guess I can give it a good old college try here. Hmm. There it is. Ooh, ouch. Minus one. Here we go. All right. So um, yeah. So you move on past there. You know, trying to be sneaky best you can. And as you do, you hear one of them say, did you hear that? And then, you know, footsteps stomping your way. So uh, roll initiative. All right. All right. So put you there. Okay. Good enough. All right. So, yeah, you hear the um, someone say, who is that? And then these bootsteps stomping towards you. And this uh, this one comes around the corner and, you know, he, he turns and looks right at you. You can hear the other one behind him saying, what are you talking about? Where are you going? Ah. But you can see him keeping up with his companion there. But this first one, he comes around and he sees you and, you know, his eyes go wide and he starts leveling his musket at you. Uh, all right. <clears throat> so that's uh, two. Yeah. So he levels this uh, musket and he fires and the... Uh, the sound of it is just absolutely deafening inside these um, hallways. The echo of it pierces your ears, but um, bullet slams into you for five damage. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then the other, you know, the other one's behind him, and he now he sees what, but you know, he doesn't have time to react to it because she doesn't know what's going on. Um, but then we'll put it at you. All right. Uh. Well, dang it. They just could have kept talking. Said it was the wind. Oh, I can't target them. No, there oh, there goes. There was some lag. Come on. There we go. All right. I'll charge. Okay. And uh, I think I'll minus five from my attack and add it to my... I don't think my defense is going to matter against these guys, so I'll add it to my attack or my damage. Oh, I'm going to hero point that. Okay. Oh, three. All right. I'll take it. Oh, it did minus the five, so 25. That's a hit. All right. Mm, Two-handed. All right. Yeah, so you basically charge forward and skewer him right through the chest, and he dies. Ah. Oh, man. Why they got to use such loud weapons? Yeah. Oops, that's not what I want to do. How did I do it? This other one, he screams and stabs at you with his, uh, (laughs) the bayonet and he'll do 10 damage to you. Uh, yeah. So he's got this, you know, bayonet at the end of this and stabs it in your stomach. And now it's your turn. All right. Uh, let's full attack. I'll minus five from it and add it to my damage. All right. How many? Uh, Yeah. They, both do? Yeah, they they both hit, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, and that kills him. So he falls to the floor with his blood leaking out, and now you've got the two goblins dead at your feet, but um, you don't so far hear the sounds of anybody else. Oh, man. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's cast Invisibility and book it. <laughs> okay. 
All right. So you cast that, and we'll flash back over to Fenrith. All right. So Fenrith, um, <clears throat> you go to sleep, and you wake up um, a few hours later. You know, you do your reverie, so four hours later. And uh, Fowen's still not at the house, so you find yourself alone. What would you like to do? Yeah. Second. So here's the, you want the, the whole island or the village? There you go. Basic idea anyway. Okay. Yeah, so you wake right. up in the house alone, and uh, what would you like to do? So I'm kind of thinking the, the most defendable place is going to be that area around, like, the the council hall, village green, home of the heroes area, as I think everything else is a, a bit too spread out. Um, how big are these squares representing? Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't map it out like that particular. This was just okay. meant to be like a basic, I would say. So the uh, idea here is I want to try and, and use wall of stone to build some walls, right? Just not like, uh, ramparts and stuff that people can fight from necessarily, at least not, not yet, but, uh, more just blocking areas off. Well, how long do those uh, walls last when you cast it? Well, I was looking and it didn't say that it had a time limit on it, like to when it stopped. It just, it, it's a wall of stone and you can disintegrate it or break it normally. Okay. Right, unless there's something that I'm missing in here, but I, I read it a few different times looking for the, looking for like a duration. As, uh, in its duration, it says instantaneous. Yeah. But it doesn't say anything about, um, like it, uh, disappearing after a while. Right. Okay. But <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that that's probably going to be the easiest defendable area. Um, like kind of not like maybe outside. Well, let's see. That's the hard part is trying to get everybody in into that section. Uh, it's a good fallback point. Uh, I guess we'll have to see overall how much time we actually end up with. Um, all right. So that is is going to end up being part of the day. But also, I was going to interrogate that uh, that prisoner. And, uh, I was hoping for a little bit of insight here as, uh, I mean, if someone's attacking your God, I don't really see where there's many limits <laughs> that I would hold myself to, honestly. So my, my plan was to just kill him and you speak with dead because then he has to answer the questions to the best of his ability. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, that would 100% be a violation of Coraline's expectations of you and you know that for sure yeah that's you what know, i was afraid of he's not really uh ends justify the means come back to the pagan way fenrith <laughs> <laughs> back to the elements <laughs> elements won't judge you all right you so it. i'll i'll probably have to come up with uh what about if I was to tell Nezus that uh, it would be better if he wasn't alive? <laughs> I'm not saying kill him, but I'm not upset if he died. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just got to think of it in terms of um, 
do you, do you think that's going to fool Coraline? But I mean, it's up to you what you want to do. It's your character, but. Um, well, I mean, like outright torture is going to put me in the same boat, and I know that. <laughs> and the uh, the first thought that I had was like greater command, but really, there's only those four things that it allows you to do with that spell, which is like make someone approach you, run away, drop something, or um, there's one other thing. Let me find command here. So approach, drop, fall, flee, or halt. As those are the only things it allows you to actually do. Yeah. I really didn't see anything that uh, that would have it uh, like change something's you know outlook towards me. Um. Okay. So you know you're thinking this over and trying to figure out how you're going to get information from this prisoner and uh while you're doing this you're headed i mean they're keeping him at the council hall so you're headed out to go you know maybe do some walls or whatever while you're thinking this over and uh you can see there's a lot of activity in the village people are barricading homes gathering weapons even there's even some people doing some rudimentary weapons training in the village center there and uh that's when, um, as you're getting close to that council hall, that's when Zeus approaches you. And he says, uh, <clears throat> good morning. It looks like we've made what preparations we can in case there's an attack. Unfortunately, okay. we don't know if an attack is coming. No, we don't. But we need to, we need to assume that, that there is, um, going to be one. Um, how do you want to treat the, the space here? Because there is one other thing that I was, uh, going to do. I just got to find it now. Um, forbiddance as well, which it's, uh, it's a 60 foot cube, uh, per level as it, uh, seals an area against all planar travel into or within it includes teleportation spells such as dimension door and teleport. Uh, plane shifting, astral travel, ethereal travel, all summoning spells, uh, such effects simply fell automatically. And then it damages entering creatures whose alignment is, uh, well, let me see if this is the one that I would want it. I have, uh, two of them that I can do. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is the one. So it, it damages unless, uh, I can have a password as well, uh, which will allow, Creatures of alignment different than mine to avoid the damage by speaking the password as they enter the area. Okay. Well, I mean, if you want to cast that spell, and that's 60 foot cube per level, and you're level 14, 600, 840 feet cube. As I mean, I, I don't imagine that it's what I'm actually uh, drawing out here. No, but you could get, get that off of there and all. So you could get you could get an area about that big. Okay. So I made sure I need to end up doing multiple of these because I I wanted to try and get it, at least the town area, um, like or sorry not the entire town but like around the uh, the defensible area. So like the uh, village green and a little bit beyond, uh, you know the the council hall, um, uh, probably all the way over to home of the heroes, maybe even lighthouse area. So I may end up having to do 
do this multiple days. Okay. Or at least multiple times. All right. So, um, so the only thing that'll happen today of any note is that the mayor, she'll approach and talk about how, I mean, it's, it's good to get defenses set up, but you know, all life can't stop while we're waiting for an attack that we're not positive is going to come. Like there's a limit to our supplies, things like that. Yeah. I, I should be able to, to create the majority of the defenses. Um, it, it's really like we, we do need to alternate, I believe the, uh, the training for the villagers is that me and Nazus can't be everywhere at once. So them being able to hold out for short periods um, against any type of attackers until, you know, us or the militia can get there is going to be our, our best advantage. And then knowing that there is a fallback point here and uh, recognizing when to, when to get to it as uh, what do we have in this town for like uh, bells or anything that makes noise loud enough that it would be be able to be heard throughout the village or most of the village to be relayed. Well, yeah, you have a bell right in the village center that you okay. guys had to ring way back in the beginning. So I think at least one person up in the tower and then just alternating days through militia training for the villagers. Other than that, they can go about their business as usual. And then, like I said, I'll, I'll end up putting up most of the, uh, the defenses and then just the, you know, creating the plan itself and letting them know, making sure that they're aware of, of where they're supposed to go if something happens. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're able to just, you know, get that information out there so everybody knows like where the fallback point is and a system for alerting if there's a incursion anywhere. Okay. And then, I mean, as far as, I guess we could try this first is I can tell Nazus that, uh, for the moment, I would like him to try and question the prisoner or someone that, that he trusts to be able to do it is I can, I can cast a spell that will, that'll last for a little bit, um, to where the, they'll be truthful, but it's not going to make them want to talk. Okay. Um, yeah, Nazu says he'll be happy to question him, see what we can get out of him. Okay. So, as I can cast, uh, Zone of Truth in there. Actually, let's see if I can, if Discern Lie might be better, because I don't know if that one was on me. It doesn't last as long as Zone of Truth. Okay, yeah, that's right. And it's concentration. Yeah, so Zone of Truth will be, will have to be the, uh, the option here. Um, well, anyway, he says he'll be happy to try it. And, um, he says, you never know. We might not need any magic. <clears throat> I can be pretty scary. Okay. As, uh, and yeah, just, just let me know. As, uh, in the meantime, and I'll, I'll kind of give him a plan of my day as I'm going to start out with the, uh, the areas to stop teleportation into. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and I'll create them with a password so that, uh, anybody that's not, uh, chaotic good can, 
can enter into it um, without taking any damage. And uh, I'll let the the mayor know as well that this is this is going to take place. Is uh, so we'll we'll need to post markers, and I'll I'll go about doing that. Um, that for when you know for the area that that this is going to encompass. So basically, anybody that that enters this area beforehand is going to need to speak this password as they're walking through it, or else there will be some some dire consequences. Um, anybody that's in the area when I cast the spell isn't affected. It's only if they exit and then try and re-enter. So, like, the prisoner won't be affected until they take him out and try and bring him back in. Um, for this section here, what is that? 145 is what it's looking like. Can you create a, a or actually I'll create a similar block here so I can show you what area I'm looking at. Okay. So I'll probably do there, and then if you want to move yours over a bit, or I can create another one either way. Well, it doesn't matter. But they'll, yeah, they'll pretty much overlap, or not overlap, but just yeah. butt right up next to each other. Yeah, we don't. So that that should get the home of the heroes as well. Yeah, we don't. We don't even need the representation. We can just say with with the time that you have, you'd be able to set the village up with these barriers. Okay. It's no problem. All right. So, Nazus will go off to see if he can get any answers out of the prisoner. And we'll go over to Rohan. So, um, <clears throat> you went around this group, and you're sneaking through the forest. It's about three in the morning, and your nose tells you that a storm's coming. It's going to rain soon. And uh, you're looking for some, some way that you can uh, sabotage their movement. Uh, so, do a survival check. All right. So you're looking for like, you know, is there trees that could be pushed down in the way or, you know, some, something along those lines. Um, so at the same time, you're constantly on the move because you got to stay ahead of them. Um, but eventually you do find us an area where you might be able to pull something like that off. Okay. All right. So, uh, basically what, what you're able to do here is the, the, the game trail comes to a, a very steep decline into a gully and you can hear a, you know, a creak of some time, some type down there. But basically you've got uh, enough trees nearby in a state to make them easy enough to, you know, push over because their roots are barely hanging on on that hillside anyways. And, uh, they, you know, fall down and then roll down that, that hill. And wipe out the, the hardness of the game trail as they go down, make it, you know, like a very, now it's a very steep and slippery slope down that direction. And, uh, as you do that, um, the rain starts that you knew was coming. Um, it's like the sky crap cracks open and, uh, water starts pouring down and then you hide nearby. And as you do, um, and you're looking at that, that spot where they'll appear along this game trail um, and then you can hear him coming long before you see him but then uh, that captain is the first one you see you don't see the other guy and uh, he holds up his hand and they all stop and he's looking down and uh, he says how are we going to get down this and the answer is surprising because 
the answer comes from right at the edge where that that slope begins. And as you whip your head over that direction, you realize that that uh, that that human rifleman is standing there, and you didn't you didn't see him approaching. But he he says, "Yeah, this is going to be tricky. Uh, we'll need to use rope if we want our captives to make it to camp alive." And then you see uh, you hear a sound behind you, and when you look when you look, you see about ten feet above you. Uh, one of those little tiny floating flying clockwork machines. This uh, basically looks like a mechanical eyeball flying around. Well, it's difficult to tell what direction it's even looking. There's nothing like, uh, you know, an actual eye on it. It's just got some points of light on it, its outer surface. I mean, one of them is facing your direction, but another one's facing, you know, to the west and another one to the east so it's difficult to tell all right so um so the the humans and the you know the goblins they start uh, pulling out ropes and they're tying them off and then they pull up the captives and they start slowly going down this slope Um, the the captain and that um, sharpshooter are staying at the top there and then they've got a couple of uh Humans go down, and a couple goblins, and then they then they start bringing the captives. Okay, all right. So go ahead and um, roll an initiative, and then who would you like to attack? All right, get one second here. Okay, so um, you'll have to do your targeting on the combat tracker. Yeah, that's a hit. Okay. So uh, they're standing there, and they're sending people down uh, this slope, and then you strike, put three arrows into this captain, and then you duck back behind a tree, back behind cover. Okay. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, yeah, the, um, you know, the captain cries out in pain, and the sharpshooter turns in your direction, raises his rifle, and then um, we'll see if they see you or not. So you got... And you get a minus 20. You got 18 total. Okay. All right. Yeah. So they turn the um, captain. He's like whipping his head all all around. He he definitely doesn't see you, but that uh, sharpshooter does. And then we'll give you cover here. So what is, he'll take a shot at you. So he hits seven damage. <clears throat> the uh, captain doesn't see you at all, but. Uh, follow in the direction of his, uh, the sharpshooter's aim. He, um, points a wand in your direction. So he's got fireball and let's see, he's got a radius. So let's see if he aims it in the right place here. Uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll hit you. So we'll have you do, I'll, um, let's see, he'll target you. We'll do the cast on it. So you succeed. So yeah, this uh, wand lights up and fireball streaks out of it and explodes, lighting up the night, uh, singeing the trees all around you. But uh, you take no damage from it. <clears throat> At this point, um, he gives a shout, uh, move quickly, we're being ambushed. And then, um, you know, then they start doing that. So the rest of them, there's like goblins and humans. Um, and they, they had sent some humans down earlier, 
or first with the ropes. And so now basically the, uh, everybody else can just slide down on these things so they don't have to worry about their footing. But even so, they start falling and rolling down this hill. And, um, <clears throat> it's all that the sharpshooter and the captain can do not to get bowled over by them as they start tearing off down this slope. <clears throat> but, um, that'll bring it to your turn. Okay. Yeah, so your arrows hit the captain again, and you see him double over and cry out in pain, and then you dive behind a tree. So then um, you dive behind a tree, and you you don't see what they do. And really, at this point, you can't hear it either over the sound of the rain and the shouting down on the hill or down at the bottom of the slope. But no, you know, no shots or fireballs come your way this time. And then when we're back to you, uh, Back to you, and you peek around, they're not there anymore. Okay. So I think this would be like tree stride is what it would be called. Yeah, I probably just named it wrong. I think tree stride is what you're actually doing. Enter trees and move from inside one tree to another. All right, so it's got to be the same tree and one that's as big around as you. That's easy to find. Um, And these are coniferous, uh, at least the one that you go into. So a thousand feet is how far you can go. And you're able to find another one within a thousand feet, obviously. So you can come out down at the bottom of that hill. And there was a creek down there and you come out on the other side of it. Um, and it's about 20 feet wide. And the, the two humans and the captives are stomping through it right, right as you walk out of that other tree. So behind you is, um, another slope going up. Um, yeah, it, it's a full round action. <clears throat> All right. So, yeah, that's that. And then so you can see just at the very edge of your vision through the rain and the darkness, um, you see the uh, that sharpshooter and the captain appear at the bottom of that slope across the creek. And uh, as they reach the bottom and they stand up, that captain's chugging a potion, seems like. And... Uh, and they start shouting for the others to hurry and quickly get across. Now bring us back to you. Okay. All right. Okay, so you cast this spell and uh, roots and vines burst from the ground, start spreading, wrapping themselves around uh, all the people there, including the ones in the creek. Okay. All right. So then... Um, We'll take it over to Graham from there as you slip behind a tree. Graham, you have studied these people and ducked down back through that hatch so you can uh, disguise yourself. Yeah, okay, so I have to start with the use magic device roll. Uh, what's your caster level for that one when you made it, Casimir? I don't think I made it, but uh, oh, we it'd found be base it. level, okay. so... Uh, What's that? It's a level one, so just what level one? Yeah. Okay. So I think that's uh, twenty six then, or twenty one. I can't remember. Let me check. <laughs> Man, I roll awful. Never fails. Hero it. Yeah. So twenty one's what I need. I'm gonna have to hero point it. Okay. Here's that re-roll. Okay. There we go. All right. You got it. Yeah. So then I'll cast it on myself. So I put it in as caster level seven, but it'll be some amount lower than that, I think. 
but it's 10 minutes per level, so I at least have 10 minutes. Okay. Now, it is, it never does this for me automatically, but with a arcane scroll at least, and it has a somatic component, I still have a chance of arcane spell failure. What is my arcane spell failure? Sorry, just a sec, Brandon. I got to look that up. Uh, 10%. Okay. So that's okay, right? It went off? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I'm just going to make myself look like one of these sailors uh, and make myself look human, which will give me a minus two, I believe, to the disguise roll whenever it's required. And, yeah, I guess I'm going to go back up into that room and I'm just going to play like I belong and I'm just going to walk through because I didn't really see anything important in that room to that other door and we'll see how that plays out. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, you step up there and uh, you start walking to that door. Those uh, two men, when they finally realize you're there both of them look surprised and they turn and the older one says you there where'd you come from uh, i'll give a start when they talk to me uh, act equally surprised i'm affecting what i remember from the old gram so uh, uh just an air of incompetence or uncertainty we'll say is more accurate and i'll just hook my finger back at the hatch where i came from uh, just from back that way. Um, what were you doing down there? When did you even go down there? So what they do? Uh, what what do they do? Us like a what is it? A sense motive or something? Oh, that's a good question. Let me. I just had this guy's up. It's opposed by a spot, spot check, and they might get some bonuses. I'm not trying to appear like anybody they know, I suppose. But the only thing I see is that I have a minus two to my check because uh, I portray myself as a different race, as a human like they are. Maybe I should have went with a goblin. Nah. But yes, I'm a human. Do you want me to roll that in the tower for you? Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, you can just roll it and then I'll do their spot. Okay. Nah. These rolls. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, the we'll roll for these guys. Let's see. All right, so um, yeah, they neither of them see. Oh, yeah, I guess you guys can't see my. Nah. Neither of them see through your disguise. <clears throat> but uh, you know the old. So the young one's like he's already shrugged and gone back to his work. But the old one looking at you like very suspiciously, um, and he he says, "I wasn't told anybody was going to be down there, and I don't even recognize you." <laughs> oh well, I've seen you around a lot. Uh, hi, my name's uh, Graham <laughs> McGinn. Graham again, and uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. All right, do a bluff. Okay. All right, he'll do. <laughs> okay, yeah. So uh, you can see that he's not um, not particularly comforted, uh, but you can see him relax a bit, and you see enough a barely perceptible shrug, you know, indicating that he's decided that whatever's going on here, it's not his problem. Right. 
And then okay, he well, just goes back to his work. <laughs> that was a wise decision. I'd hate to have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think like I could, with the disguised self, you can make gear look like uh, whatever you want it to. So, I don't know. I'd have some weird spanner in my hand that <laughs> I suddenly eviscerate them with. But anyhow, <laughs> I'll speak. Uh, okay, I'll be on my way. Uh, maybe we can all hang out later. Yeah, of course. <laughs> if we ever get a just, break. I know. Tell me about it. All right. Talk to you later. And then I'll head through the, the north door, was it? Was that where the door was? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll struggle with, like, trying to figure out how to open it or something. <laughs> uh, no. So, actually, it just slides open as you approach it, as if magical in nature. But um, you can see that it's made of thick metal, but it just slides open. Okay, yeah, I'll uh, let out a controlled breath and and see what's next. Okay, so this slides open and you find yourself staring down a hallway, short hallway with another door at the end of it. Okay, well, easy enough, just pass through the hallway. I mean, I suppose I will always just be looking around for things that arouse my rogue suspicion. Uh, don't want to get killed by a trap without my companions around to resurrect me. Okay. Why they trap their own always, though, you never know. You want to check for traps, you say? Yeah, I mean, I'll it's just kind of habit, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you don't see anything that looks like it could be a trap. It's difficult to be sure, though, because this is sort of alien construction. But you don't see anything that you think could be a trap okay and as you approach i mean this is you looking as you go down that hallway as you get up to the door it slides open as well and you find yourself looking into um this room uh, with the door right across from it from you there's all um <laughs> and then there's two these are odd looking like uh i guess platforms is sort of a good w word for it they don't stick up that high but it is a you know specifically made for the um the clockwork soldiers that are standing on each of them so you do see that they're standing there and they're you know they're constructs so you know they're standing perfectly still and they're not reacting or looking at anything so yeah i clench up at the at the side of them because i'm waiting for magic detected to ring out but if they don't do it, then I suppose I'll move cautiously into the room, keeping my eye on them at all times. Yeah, so for these, you can see cogs and gears in the gaps of their armor, and they're both, they both are holding a pole arm and just standing perfectly still. Um, but you step into the room, and as you do that, their heads move, and uh, Dang it. both of them, <laughs> like... Both of them look at you. As you step in, you see there's doors to the left and right as well. Um, but as you step in, they both of their heads move and they look at you. And um, we'll do there. It was a uh, spot, right? Yeah, for the disguise. Yeah. And what is that? Spot is wisdom? Yes. All right. So as they look at you, you can see like this red uh, light emanate from their eyes and, and, and it you know, they start at your feet and then it goes all the way to your head. And um, you're not sure what it means, but after they're done looking at you, they 
go back to the position they were in at their head, you know, looking straight ahead and then holding perfectly still. So they don't, they don't seem to be reacting to you. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll take, uh, take the room in, see what else is of note. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, they're standing on these little alcoves and they've got their pole arms and there's a door in between them. And then there's a door to the left and the right. Otherwise the room here is bare. Okay. Well, I will pass through it. Uh, to my right. Okay. I mean, I'll try. I'll try to look for an environmental cue. Like, I guess if the humming gets louder in one direction or another, maybe I'll go to where it gets louder. Well, do a spot then and a listen. All right. So as you're looking around, trying to pick up some cue, um, you do spot um, the door to the right seems to have received more traffic in its time based on the okay. scuffs on the floor. Okay. Well, yeah, that's the path I'll go go towards. <clears throat> okay. All right. So as you step away from this door, it closes. And as you approach this door, it opens. And um, you can see a very short you know, five-foot hallway and then a door at the end of that as well. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Uh, now that I have more wisdom, I'll be like, uh, maybe I don't have to follow you know, a list exactly. I can use some judgment here and I won't search for traps. <laughs> this will be my final mistake. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I'll pass through it to the other door. Okay, one second here. All right, so as you approach this door, even before you get close enough for it to open, you can hear screaming. Mm -hmm. And uh, as it opens, you see um, inside there, you're looking at... Um, it's a weird room. It's got, it seems to have a lot of junk. There's a lot of metal plates strewn about, a lot of cables, a lot of, um, you know, boxes of, uh, you know, metal construction. But the most eye catching thing is the large table that has a blue, a large blue crystal on it. And then there's a, there's an elf strapped to a chair, um, by that table. And then there is a uh, a human standing with his back to you, and is he's doing something to that elf that's causing pain. You can't see what he's doing, but he's obviously um, causing that elf a lot of pain. And you can actually see a a, a tendril of uh, of blue magical energy being pulled from that elf into the crystal. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's not good. Well, that's a good opportunity to sneak attack out, right? But I think what my plan will be is to keep playing dumb. So I'll be like, hey, uh, the guys in the other room asked if we could go on break. We've been working a while now. And then if he shows any hesitation about, uh, you know, my bluffing here, I'll attack him. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So he turns to look at you and... You can see like uh, a look on his face, like uh, surprise, but but an outraged surprise. So this guy, um, he's dressed much the same as the other say the two sailors you first encountered, but he does have a different color hat on, you know, with uh, some insignia on it that denotes, in your mind, a higher rank. And he turns, and so he's surprised, but also but surprised in the how dare you kind of way if that makes sense yeah <laughs> and um 
you can see when he turns, he's got some odd device in his hand. It's mechanical in nature, and it's about the size of a wand. And um, the closer you look at it, the more you 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 are convinced that that that's actually what it is—some kind of wand. Okay. But let's see if he sees through your disguise. Oh, see what was your disguise roll? Fourteen. Oh yeah. He says an elf trying to disguise himself as a human. So I'll launch forward and and uh, I mean, well, I'll just say that that was me, just my poor attempt at being funny. In reality, oh. you can tell. <laughs> Like he doesn't, he hasn't actually said anything yet. You can just tell immediately that he he knows. Okay. That you're not. Yeah, that's that's what I was looking for. So I'm going to initiate an attack. Okay. Hey, roll initiative for me so I can get it on there real quick. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Is this uh, the captain, or is that in a different spot? Different spot. You're looking for sailor two. Should be down at the bottom. I don't think I see him. I see old sailor and then sailor one. Oh, right. Can I have it on? Oh, it's because the, the map is glitching. All right. Let me get. All right. Can you see him now? Yes, I can. Okay. So I'll cover that distance to him and uh, stab at him. All right. Okay. Single attack. Oh, that's a double. I don't know why it did that. Um. Well, it would be uh, two more, so... Uh, 21. I don't even know why it said you missed with a 19. Maybe because it had my AC on there. Yeah. I was targeting myself, targeting you yourself. think so? Okay, so both <laughs> of them are hit. <laughs> All right. Well, it was just the single attack because uh, I had to move first. Um, oh, right. Okay. So we'll do some damage from the dagger. And was he flat-footed in that instance? Yes. Okay. And from the sneak attack, not a great roll. But good well, enough by the looks of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's more than enough to kill him. And uh, at at the same time, you stop any outcry because you just put blood tooth right up through his throat into his brainstem, and that's the end of him. So um, he falls to the ground like instantly, like so quick that it seemed like he could only have done that if he intentionally used force to get to the ground that fast. <laughs> and uh, then he's still. And now you're looking at this elf in the chair, and you recognize this as your father. Hmm. Well, in that case, you know, I'll immediately move to his side and start checking him over. Okay. Um. You you get up to him, and uh, you can see that he's conscious, conscious, but um, you can't tell if he can see you or not because his face is just a you know sheet of bruises, and you can't tell if his eyes are even there. Hmm. Well, I'll uh, retrieve that wand from my belt, the, the rod of cure critical wounds, and try to apply some healing. Okay. There's that use magic device. You're successful. And the amount of healing. All right. So you, uh, you know, touch this wand to your father and you feel the healing energy, um, wash over him and so in front of your eyes his wounds start to heal and his bruises go away and uh you know you pretty much got him well above full hit points there with that so he you know he looks good as new but as you look at him you can tell that uh, the other effects of what he's gone through remain and it seems to you as if a lot of the de-aging that took place amongst your people it seems to have 
reversed in his case. He looks mm. he looks old again, but uh, but he is alive. Uh, sorry, I might have missed it. Did you say he was awake, or he, did the healing wake him up? Yeah, he's awake. Oh, okay. Well, Dad, what what happened? What were they doing to you? Let me do a. Uh, so he sees you and he smiles and he's like, "Graham, my boy." And then, like his eyes widen as if he's just remembering something. He's like, "Your ma and your sister. I don't know where they took them." Well, did you you come in all together? Did you see where you you were separated? No, uh, they knocked us out when they took us underwater. Some sort of magic. You got to find them. And then we'll all go over to Casimir. And Casimir, you're uh, standing above the bloody corpses of two goblins. Uh-huh. And your ears are still ringing from the sound of the rifle in these close confines. Um, but you, you know, cock your head and listen. To see if you hear anything else, and roll listen. Oh, uh, yeah. there you go. You don't hear anything else. <laughs> All right. So I guess I'll, uh, hmm, I'll continue on down the. Well, there was that dang door there. Dang it! I don't want. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I'll continue on this way, and I'll keep my ears open. And uh, the main plan is if I hear anything other than me, I'm going to see if I can meld into stone. Okay. Um, so you get, let's see, let me, yeah, so you move forward, come around that corner, and now you're looking ahead. And you get that flash right. again of what this looked like in the past. Um, you know, gold inlaid tiles and, you know, marble columns and artwork and tapestries hanging from the walls. Some of the most beautiful, uh, you know, artwork and tapestries probably that there ever was. Now, most of them have crumbled away to dust and the stones pitted and um, the pillars are cracked a little bit. Even so, it's still an awesome sight and you can see up ahead um, more artwork on the walls in that room with the pillars. And okay. then you can see uh, that there's a hallway to the left and the right as well, a few steps ahead right. of where you are now. I'll get to there and see if there's anything down the hallways and then I'll, if there's not, I'll go check out those, uh, pictographs or artwork, whatever it was. Um, okay. So you can look down either hallway and see that they, they have some branches, but, uh, you don't see any people or anything. Okay. All right. Where was the art? Was it over here? Yeah. So the artwork you could see would be, um, on these walls here. All right. And then, but also roll a search for me. Okay. So, yeah, you come look at this artwork here um, and the whole wall. I mean, the ceiling in here is 40 feet high, and you can see the uh, the, the pictograph there and what, it, uh, what it's showing. In this case, what you're seeing is, uh, like, the forms that you saw earlier in your first vision of this area where you saw people sitting at a table that seemed to be frozen. Mm-hmm. You can see them here. They're being depicted and sort of from the back, but to the side enough that you can see enough of their face to, to tell that it's them. And they're all kneeling in front of another figure who floats above them in the air with a, a beautiful green backdrop, trees and sun. So 
Hmm. Uh, you recognize that figure as uh, Corallon Larethian, the deity of the elves that um, Fenrith never stops talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and then on the opposite wall. Okay. You see uh, a similar scene. Um, they're all seated at a table now, and he's at the head of the table, but they're all seated at it, and they seem to be enjoying a feast of some sort, and all of them seem happy. But there is one of those figures, a female, and um, she's depicted as uh, with a smile on her face, bringing Coralon, uh like a goblet. But you can see that she has one hand behind her back that holds a wicked dagger. Um, so, and I mean, I guess what, what knowledges do you have? Arcana and I think that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what it shows. The, the other notable thing that I'll say about this particular, uh, figure though is that she's got like, um, jet black skin hmm. and she's literally beautiful enough that you're frightened if you continue to look, you'll start to lose your sanity. <laughs> it's a good thing Graham's not here. She must be a vampire. I'll leave and start heading this way. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you start off that way, and uh, you're looking down that hallway. And uh, from that direction, you see a uh, flash of red light uh, sweeping over, like coming from because down at the end, you can see that there's a, a way to go to the north. Mm -hmm. And you can see a red light coming from that direction. It's in a cone shape. And mm. it, it seems to, like, go up and down the um, the wall over there. And then sweep side to side. All right. Let's see if I can get my uh, ass ganked. But he's some sentinels. I'll go to the edge and peek around. Okay. So as you approach... And look around that corner. You see. Yeah, so you get to the, uh, so you move up to the corner to try to peek around. Mm -hmm. And then you see, a, you know, one of those metallic soldiers there mm. with the pole arm. All right. I'll not go in that way. Let's go check the other hallway. Hang on. Let's see if he spots you. All right. Yeah, he doesn't seem to notice you. All right. <laughs> I'll back away and then head down towards the other hall. All right. So as you go, as you start going down this way, um, you see, you know, there's a hallway that branches up and then another one that goes down at the end. Any of those red lights coming from either of those directions? Um, nope. Okay. Uh, Let's go up to this one's corner. One second here. All right. All right. Yeah. So you move up here and there you see um, the hallway continues down that way. And uh, you can see a door on the um, upper hallway. Okay. And then there's a, it looks like the path continues at the end down to the down, downward. All right. That where the door is? Yeah. So this is right, a let's go. stone, stone door that um, it doesn't seem to have like a handle or a keyhole. Hmm. But you can see the split down the middle where it would swing open. Guess do a quick search, see if I can get lucky and find uh, 
find the the release for it or the switch um yeah it doesn't seem to have one it just mm. you know as you're looking around you you know put your hands on it and it and it pushes open easily enough oh okay why do we even keep Graham around anyway? All these doors just open. All right, and then you can see in that direction, turns to the left pretty quickly. All right, let's do some peeking. All right, so you see, um, one second. yeah, so you go to that corner, and you turn, you can see some steps heading up into a large room, and at the end of that, uh, you can make out um, what looks to be a altar at the end of that and mm. there's artwork covering the all the walls in here all right let's go check it out uh, was it down this way yeah all right and all right so here you can tell by the floor no one's been here recently let me find the uh the decal that disappeared well, anyway, screw it. There's a large altar uh, right against the back wall there. And uh, behind it on the wall is a large depiction of Coralon. Okay. And then on the walls all around this room, you uh, you can see uh, scenes depicted um, like a battle between elves and orcs. And uh, in this battle, they seem to be... Uh, protecting smaller elves which you know you're able to deduce this is like Coralon and uh, other allies of his uh, you know fighting cosmic battles to protect the you know mortal elves okay but put a, a roll a search while you're in here all right all right so as you're looking around um you just spot there's a uh, something odd about that altar and uh, you realize that, like on the front of it, there's a hidden catch, little button right. you can yeah, push. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's push it. Um. All right. So yeah, you push that. You hear a soft click. This little tiny door swings open, and inside there you uh, find uh, a book. Okay, I'll reach in and pull the book out. Okay. So this is a leather-bound book. Um. About the size of a spell book, and uh, it uh, it looks like it has been protected from the ravages of time. It doesn't have any dust on it or yellowing of the pages. It doesn't have All any right. like title on it. Or, but um, thumbing oh. through, you can you find the unmistakable Elven language, uh, Elven script in there. Okay. Uh, what does the, a quick blurb of what it seemed to be talking about at that time? So is it like a Bible? No, no. As a matter of fact, it's like, from what you can tell, the beginning parts of it seem to be a person describing all the ways in which uh, nobody seems to have the courage to do what needs to be done. And so this writer, whoever he is, finds himself in the position of being the only one with the courage to do what needs to be done. Uh, hmm. All right. I'll put it in uh, the uh, my backpack. I'll have to look at it later. Uh, how late is it? Like, how tired am I? Well, as it happens, um, this is the 
this is the first time you've thought about it. And uh, to you, it doesn't feel as though any time has passed at all. Okay. So there's definitely some odd time effect. Place. All right. Well, guess we'll have to worry about making camp later, Omen. I'll head back that way and we'll start heading down the uh, other hallway. Okay. Yeah. So then we'll shoot on over. We're going to have to call it a day here but we'll end it up with uh we'll go back to rohan real quick so rohan you've cast this entangle and all these you know uh vines and things have sprung from the earth and entangled this uh this entire group of people and then you went behind a tree to get cover so you know with the the rain and the shouting of the people who are panicked now that the you know, the vines are wrapping themselves around them. Um, it's difficult to hear, but you definitely hear the sound of somebody cat chanting a spell. And then Fenrith. Um, so Nazus comes to tell you or sends someone to tell you that the uh, prisoner is more than happy to talk. Okay. This is all, uh, stop what I'm doing and, start heading over that way so when you get to the council hall that's where they're keeping him um he's seated in a chair and he's got a little table in front of him and he's been provided you know food and and a drink and he's sitting there you can tell right away his legs are like violently shaking and his hands are as well as he you know he'll pick up a piece of cheese but then he'll put it down because he's he's clearly unnerved you know, his eyes are wide. He's lost the color in his face. But um, you can tell right away that nothing, no harm has come to him. Like he wasn't, you know, nobody has tortured him. And Zeus, you know, all 12 feet of him stands there with his massive horns scraping the ceiling inside the council hall. And uh, he's just standing there looking at the dude and... Um, Whatever he said or threatened seems to have worked. And the, uh, that human looks at you and says, you gotta, you gotta protect me from him. As long as you answer truthfully, then you'll be protected in the confines of the village. Well, of course I'll answer truthfully. What, what reason would I have to lie? As I'm just remembering back to what <laughs> what he had said when we captured him. He said he no matter was, what uh, you did to him, he was yeah. never going to talk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as, uh, but he didn't say he would so, lie. He said he wouldn't yeah, talk. Yeah, wouldn't talk. As, uh, I'll just uh, give him a smile, and then uh, I'll need to come up with some questions, so that would probably be a pretty good ending spot. Uh, yeah, so he says, well, if you can't think of questions now, then I'm not going to be intimidated by the time you do. So, <laughs> um, well, back to, um, <laughs> back to my plan then. Was, uh, so I swear I rem re remember reading somewhere that Coralon said elven or elves first, no matter what. Mm. At least, uh, that was my interpretation of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, um, you'll have to think of some questions for next time. But as you, as you go in there and he says he'll, you know, I don't have any reason to lie, the bell outside starts ringing. You can hear someone shout, we're under attack. And then, um, 
let's see. So spell, we're under attack, book. And, uh, yeah, so Graham, your your dad says, you've got to go find your ma and your sis. And that's where we'll stop for the day, and we'll pick it up next time. All right. Thanks, thanks man. Brandon. Yeah, thanks. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Was, you don't, you disagree? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is that? I just woke up feeling like this is the one. Death Watch. <laughs>